everybody. Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins, joined as always by David Lake. It is Louisville week. Uh, season's kind of hitting that, that tail stretch. David, have you recovered fully from our Florida State trip? I have. Uh, it took... Uh... <laughs> took a couple days, to be honest. Uh, I had a poor performance on Friday night before the game. Uh, but I have recovered. And, you know, it was, it was obviously a big win for Miami. Now Miami's got some recruiting momentum. We can get into that here to start. Um, but, yeah, what did you think your first trip up to Tallahassee? Well, I know we talked about this on that other podcast. We do the Five Rings podcast. I mean, it was it was fun just because Miami won, and it's a lot easier to cover the team when they win, but it was just such a weird environment. I thought, um, you know, I think I probably saw Dote Campbell Stadium at one of its lowest moments in terms of uh, tailgate and just yeah. general buzz. But it was it was cool to just see it um, and experience like weather where I could wear like uh, pants and a jacket for once instead of just having to put on like sunscreen like I do at Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah, it was kind of cold, kind of chilly. It was, what, in the 50s, 40s? But yeah, anyways, let's just jump into it, man, with recruiting. Um, can we start with, with Miami trying to poach some of these FSU guys? Well, should, uh, we start, should we start there? Why don't we start with the big news for this weekend, Flo? What do you think okay. about that? Sure. So, so, yeah. Go ahead. Go into that. Tell us about right. Justin Flo. <laughs> Yeah, so Miami's going to have two official visitors weekend uh, this weekend um, at the recording of this podcast. We're recording this 2 p.m. on Thursday. I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll try to sneak another guy in here. But by all accounts, I'm hearing they're just going to bring two guys in um, just because Miami right now is pretty full uh, and they are trying to you know close some positions. So the one guy everyone probably knows about is Justin Flo, the five-star linebacker out of L.A., um, he's going to take a red eye in on Friday night after he plays. So he'll be in Miami on Saturday. Uh, he's scheduled to go to the game on uh, later that day at Hard Rock Stadium, the Louisville game. And then he's pretty much going to be probably on campus all day Sunday because you get that 48-hour window. And I don't think that's going to start um, until probably 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. So uh, I was texting you because I, I looked it up. He is what we believe to be the highest-ranked uh, recruit to take an official visit to Miami um, since Willie Williams back in 2004, which is insane, correct? Yeah, no, that's a big deal. He's what he's ranked number what in the country on the composite. So he's number five overall player in the country in the composite. Now Miami's gotten some five stars on campus in recent years, like Evan Neal, uh, Jerry Judy, um, there's other guys I'm, I'm drawing a blank and you know there was like the tracy howards and, and the dalvin cooks and all those guys but in terms of like composite rankings flow uh, is pretty much the biggest recruit miami's ever really brought in on campus in the modern recruiting era so what does miami need to sell to have a shot at at justin flow it's weird man um i spoke with him on the phone i was tuesday um, and there, we'll have a full VIP story up on uh, inside the U, Miami.247sports.com, if you guys want to read it. Uh, just a brief synopsis of what my conversation with him was. I kind of asked him, why are you visiting Miami? And uh, he was quick to point out that the Hurricanes aren't having the best of seasons, I, I think, for 
what a national recruit would consider. I mean, Miami's not in the college football playoff conversation. The other schools he's considering are uh, like Georgia uh, and Clemson and, and Oregon. Um, but he says he really likes the lifestyle in South Florida and the environment. Uh, he's got some family here. So I think my, what Miami needs to sell him on is that big city. Uh, you're not in a college town. Like you are in uh, Miami. Uh, and I think they're going to try to work the early playing time angle. He says that's not that big of a deal, but I wouldn't be surprised if Miami points out from the minute he uh, gets in whatever car they pick him up from the airport that, hey, we're losing Shaq Quarterman, we're losing Mike Pinckney. You can come in and, and start next to uh, Zach McLeod. Who is his lead recruiter? Who is the coach that deserves credit for, for getting him here on this official visit? It's the fan favorite, man. It is uh, Stephen Field, um, Flo and Field. I guess they have a relationship that goes pretty far back from, from Field's days at Oregon. He's really one of the main reasons why Justin's going to visit. So um, while he's a defensive recruit, he's going to spend a lot of time around Stephen Field just because Field has those West Coast ties. I know Blake Baker's also been involved. Jonathan Patkey's also been involved. But one name uh, that Jonathan or that Justin did bring up multiple times was Manny Diaz. Uh, so I think Manny has kind of taken not not the lead recruiting role here, but we've been kind of wondering how involved is Manny going to get in this recruiting process. And it sounds like with Justin, uh, he has been involved, which I think is an encouraging sign. So two big picture type questions I have for you with Justin, I guess, number one, you know, where would you say Miami stands you know, in relation to the other competing schools trying to to land him? And then number two, what is his timeline? Is he an early decision guy or is he going to go till February? Well, he's he's a guy who's going to enroll early and sign early. It sounds like that's the plan. Um, he's going to take. So this is the first visit of, of really a tour of visits. I think next weekend he'll be at Clemson. The following weekend after that, he'll be um at, at Georgia and then he's going to get to Oregon and then he's planning to make a, a decision after that. Some people think USC might uh, sneak in there with a visit. Uh, he's talked about getting to Ohio state as well, uh, but nothing's set up there. So um, wh- where do I think Miami stands in this? I mean, I think they're fighting a bit of an uphill battle, but the positive is he's already been here on his own dime. A lot of people are thinking, well, why would he come out here? Is he just using this as a free trip to South beach? And, I just don't really get that sense. I mean, again, he's playing on a Friday night. Um, He's going to have to take a red-eye flight in. I mean, I'm sure at 18 years old or however old he is, a red-eye flight's a lot different. But it doesn't seem like he's coming out here to party, especially on a a game day weekend of sorts. So, um, I mean, a lot of people think Clemson's the leader. I, I would probably agree with that. But I heard some buzz last week that Miami might be the dark horse in this. So I think Miami's just going to have to keep chipping away and, Obviously, they probably need to win the game on Saturday. We might, you know, bringing this up might be getting way too ahead of ourselves, but like landing (laughs) a guy like Flo, right? Just hypothetically, if Miami was able to pull it off, what would it mean for the class in terms of rankings and, you know, even momentum, just what it would prove with Manny and his ability to recruit, all that stuff. What would it mean landing a guy like him? It'd be unreal. It'd be huge. Obviously, he'd be the highest-ranked kid to sign with Miami, and I think the modern recruiting era, like I said, I mean, as far back as our our de- databases go, um, 
in terms of how much how what what would it do to the class? Miami would go from holding the number fifteenth ranked recruiting class to holding the number seven ranked recruiting class. So that's he's Crazy. worth a lot of points. Yeah, he's worth a lot of points in the class calculator. Like there's not a lot of players you can punch in there and see that kind of jump. I mean, um, that's insane. But I think it would show that Miami uh, and more importantly Manny Diaz and I know we don't really use the word the new or the phrase the new Miami anymore, but it, it would show that um, this staff can recruit. And, and they can work pretty hard. So, and I mean, you would be going head to head with Dabo Sweeney, uh, with with a bunch of these other schools. So it, it would be very impressive. Let me ask you this too. So Miami's also involved with uh, five star tight end Darnell Washington, right? Um, who would you say maybe Miami has a better chance at between Justin Flo and Darnell Washington? That's a good one. Um, it's kind of weird because both have come in unofficially already. I, I, I honestly, if you asked me this question two weeks ago, I would have said Darnell Washington. Um, but now I, I guess Darnell's actually visited twice unofficially. He came for that spring practice in Paradise Camp. Now I might actually lean towards Justin Flo. Just like I said, I, I heard some people talking him up, uh, talking, saying that Miami was in a good spot, not like a lead lead pole position, but they they felt like Miami was in it. Um, and then based on my conversation with him, I, I just think he likes something about Miami that's maybe a little bit more than football. So um, they're both long shots. I mean, I'm not crystal balling these yeah. guys there, but I, I do think there's a fighting chance, albeit a small one. So the other official visitor, Jalen Harrell, local safety, former Florida State commit. Tell us the latest there. Just, uh, and you know, why are they bringing him in, I guess, this weekend? Well, this is a, a, another kind of real big storyline. Um, the FHSAA playoffs this season have really made it difficult for, or it's going to make it difficult for for schools that recruit the state of Florida uh, and are recruiting kids that are on, on good teams to get these kids in for official visits because basically between now uh, and December 15th, which is the weekend right before that early signing period, if you're a kid who plays on a good team, I mean, you're, you're playing in a playoff game pretty much every weekend. So... Um, Jalen plays for Haile Champagnat Catholic, which is in that 2A division. They had a bye this weekend, so Miami has decided to bring him in this weekend, just knowing because just knowing that they're going to get him for the full Friday through Sunday. There's going to be no distractions with his practices or anything like that. And um, he's a guy they want pretty bad, from what I've heard. He's he's a top safety on the board right now in terms of uncommitted guys. I went and I saw him play a few weeks ago. I think I mentioned him on the podcast. I mean, when I look at him, I see legit. Um, power five SEC defensive back size. I think he'd be a perfect fit in Miami's defensive scheme. He's very physical. He's a good tackler, um, a little bit more range than I would say Brian Balaam. Um, probably not as quick as Darren Branch, but it's like if you took those two players and molded them to one, that's that's kind of what Jalen Harrell is. Tell us, like, who are the contenders for for Harrell? Who's Miami battling against? He just took an official visit to Georgia Tech. He will get, I think, to Penn State at some point. UCF Sossel in there. I guess his dad has some ties to Randy Shannon. So um, the people I talk to at, at Champagnat Catholic think like Miami's in the pole position. They're the team to beat. So um, it, I'm not saying he's for sure Miami's. I don't have him crystal ball there. You actually do because you have that one in there from a, a while ago. <laughs> Uh, but Miami seems to be in a good spot. And I think if they're able to hit a home run on this visit, they could emerge as the team to beat heading down uh, the final few weeks. 
So you're not expecting a, a commitment after this weekend. You think he'll definitely take more visits? I do. I do. But who, who knows? I mean, in the past, there's been kids who I don't think are going to commit. And, and, and Manny's staff, at least in the spring, you know, they kind of put that put that grip on them and got some kids to commit. So we'll see if they get a, as aggressive as they were back in like June uh, or even the junior days in February. Before we get into the Florida State guys, I want to ask you about Jaden Francois. I feel like we talk about him all the time now when uh, we talk recruiting. I saw today, I think he tweeted he's signing in December. Is that a new development? And what no, is that? Okay. Yeah, I think that's kind of the plan. Kind of the plan. I, the whole Jaden Francois recruitment's gotten a, a little not weird, but you know, he put out the tweet that he was essentially decommitting. Um, I guess he claims he really didn't decommit. He's told Miami that he's still committed. I mean, I've heard that from multiple people at Miami that he's kind of relayed to them that he's still a member of the class. I'm under the impression that Miami's operating like he's not committed, which I think is the right move. I think Jaden's kind of shopping around. Um, Ohio State was a school we've talked about in the past as one to watch. They seem to be full at defensive back. He got to Florida. I think it was for that Auburn game. I've heard from people in Gainesville that Florida's probably not going to offer him. So I'm really interested to see and who's actually pushing for him. I could see him actually coming back into Miami's class. Um, so that will, that will be one to monitor. I might actually get out to his game on Friday night just to kind of get the latest there. But um, that will be one that's gotten a little weird. Is there anyone that has emerged that is making a push that Miami needs to watch out for? Not, th- I mean, not that I know of right now. I mean, okay. I, I, yeah, you know, I think I told you this maybe off, off air or maybe it was on something we did that I could see him being priority number one for um, – whoever's hired right before that early signing period. So it oftentimes what happens is a new staff will come in at a school, like let's say Florida state um, that staff will evaluate the board, see who they think they can make a run at. And I could see like a school like that, trying to make a, a run at Jaden, if that makes sense. All right. So Florida state uh, obviously made the move to get rid of Willie Taggart. And that puts things uh, in recruiting kind of up in the air for those guys that are currently committed. Uh, to the Seminoles one of their biggest recruits maybe their big and he wasn't the biggest but he was up there on their commit list was running back Jalen Knighton out of Deerfield Beach Uh, Miami was very interested in him before he committed to Florida State in the summer Um, you went out and I guess he did decommit right on Monday yeah Uh, Monday and and you went out and went out to his practice and, and caught up with him tell us the vibe you got, what did we learn from from being with him that day and, and just the latest with Jalen Knighton? Well, I think the one word is I got from him is confused. Uh, I think he's a little upset that Willie Taggart's not the head coach at Florida State. I think he, that was the main reason why he was committed there and his comments reflected that. Um, I left Deerfield Beach kind of under the impression that he doesn't know where he wants to go. I think right now the, the relationship – uh, he, the staff he knows best is Miami, um, but he will also visit, I think, Florida this weekend. So I think Florida and Miami are kind of the two that are standing out. But he's also talking with coaches at LSU, Ohio State. I think he mentioned Oregon. I don't think he knows what he wants to do, but 
Miami does seem to be a school he's considering. Another kid who says he talks a lot with Manny Diaz. He has a great relationship with Eric Hickson, uh, the running backs coach. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely see there. I, I think he's going to take an official visit. But like I said, with, with Jalen Harrell and, and kind of how these FHSA playoffs are going, it's, it's hard to get kids to kind of nail down when they're going to visit because they don't really know what weekends they're going to have free. I'm going to throw this out there, and you tell me if it's fair or unfair. The The impression I get with Jalen and, and his recruitment in terms of Miami, I get the impression that maybe the parents are more interested in Miami than Jalen is. Do you agree or disagree with that take? I, I, it's a good take because I, I agree with that. I've heard that as well. Um, his dad, from my understanding, is a pretty big Miami fan, and I think – mom is open to the idea of him staying closer to home. So I do think those two people are kind of pushing Miami. There's also a video surfacing that has surfaced on Twitter of Jalen yeah. from the St. Thomas Aquinas game a few weeks ago, throwing up the U next to Xavier Restrepo. So, I, you know, all these insiders are claiming that he's Jalen's a, a done deal to Florida when I talked to Jalen about Florida, he says, I've only really been there one time and that was during a bus tour where it was a cattle call and, you know, there was 20 kids in the bus and we all kind of just toured Florida. So I don't think, you know, I'm not saying you won't go to Florida, but all that crystal balls and, and everything like that seems a little premature. Is it like, does Florida definitely want him? Like, is that or is it kind of a, a situation where they're both kind of feeling each other out? It seems like they're feeling each other out. I know I spoke with uh, Blake Alderman, who works for our Swamp 247 site, he's kind of the Florida insider. He thinks that Florida likes Jalen Knighton, but they also like some other running backs. I, I can't remember the kids off the top of my head, but it's not a guarantee that he sits atop the board in any way. And then you mentioned Ohio State. I know like when he did uh, commit to Florida State, it was basically an Ohio State and Florida State battle. So I guess the Buckeyes have come back around and they're going to make another run at him or... Again, are they feeling them out, would you say? Uh, TBDs is kind of the phrase I would use there. I, I think Ohio State is also looking for a running back. I mean, I don't know their recruiting situation and their board as well. Um, yeah. yeah, but I, I think they th there's another running back they like. I don't know. It, it just seems like Jalen right now is feeling a lot of people out. Other schools right. are kind of feeling him out. And it, it, if you take a step back and look at it like that, it, it makes a ton of sense for him to open things back up. Uh, and decommit from Florida State. Do you think there's a chance he could go back to Florida State? I do with the right hire, but who knows what's going to happen. Okay. And then, you know, Jay, Jalen Knighton was not the only Florida State, uh, well, I guess former commit, but current commit. Miami reached out to a lot of their guys currently committed still. Uh, you know, we can go one by one, but tell us about that situation, Andrew. Uh, who amongst those guys maybe stands out to you that, that Miami reached out to? Well, I'm surprised that Miami got this aggressive. Um, it's, a lot, it's a lot easier said than done for these coaches. And it seems like Miami really worked the phone uh, on the plane ride back from Tallahassee. Um, they didn't spend Sunday just hanging out. I mean, they, they were reaching out to a lot of these Florida State commits. That's kind of dragged into the week. Uh, the, the guys I would talk about, for sure. Malachi Weidman, the wide receiver out of Venice High School. 
Um, he's a two-sport star. David, I know we saw him a bunch on the seven-on-seven circuit. A really good basketball player. Pro- might even be a better basketball prospect than he is a floor, uh, football prospect, but he's a lanky wide receiver. Um, he says he'll probably visit Miami. You know, the Hurricanes are still trying to figure out what they're going to do this cycle at wide receiver. I think the good news with him is he's not planning to sign early. Uh, so he's a guy they can kind of keep working down the line. Um, another one who me and you have said in the past we think is probably the best linebacker in the state is Keyshawn Green. He's a kid from up there in the panhandle. Miami offered him. He told me on, I think it was early Wednesday morning, uh, that he he would like to take an official visit to Miami. So he's a rangy linebacker. Uh, I think if you're Miami and you can upgrade your class with elite talent like that, you absolutely yeah. do it, especially with just Florida State being down. Um, you got to take advantage, especially just given how things went in Tallahassee. Uh, this is your third win over them in a row. Um, and whoever Florida State's going to bring in is probably going to get a recruiting bump next cycle. Right. And, you know, a guy like Keyshawn Green, he's basically a Tallahassee local that's going to be tough, but you might as well take a swing. Why not? And it's a position of need. I guess, let me ask you this. He's not on our list for our outline, but Jayon uh, McCluster. He's a teammate of a current Miami commit, A.J. Mathis. Um, haven't, I, I haven't heard anything with him yet. Okay. Um, it does seem like Miami's interested in some of these offensive linemen. A- right. Alex Atkevich. Uh, he's a kid who's from Pennsylvania, was at IMG Academy. He told me he's probably going to take an official visit. Miami hasn't offered him. Thomas Schrader, another kid at Venice. Um, he's more of a tackle than Alex is. I, if I'm Miami, I, I offer that kid. So um, it seems like Miami's being not cautious, but you know they're not trying to get all these kids in the boat at once. They just want to figure out who has legitimate interest and then kind of go from there. And then Morvin Joseph, I guess he's there. He would probably be Florida State's best pass rusher commit in the class, right? Yeah. Have you seen his? Uh, there's like a photo of him floating around on social media where he's got like a, a, a uh, like a 16 pack. I mean, he is he's <laughs> he's shredded. Uh, but Miami does have already three edge rushers committed: Chance right. Williams, Quentin Williams, and uh, drawn blank Romello Height. Uh, they got. They got to figure out the number situation. Someone, you know, in the football facilities, we were talking about that. I mean, Miami at the end of the day can only can only take so many. But I do think if they if there's one position where they want to load up, it is defensive end. So uh, I could see them trying to get uh, get after him. I think Morvin already tweeted out that he said a visit to Tennessee. So um, he's not a lock to end up at Florida State in any way. I guess. Um... We can wrap up this. Is there anything else recruiting news-wise you want to touch on? No, that's it. I mean, obviously, things are going to start picking up here. I mean, it's it's already kind of picked up, but it's going to get more busy. Uh, I think this weekend will be a, probably as good of a recruiting weekend as it's been for Miami. I mean, obviously, you have the two official visitors, but it seems like they're expecting a pretty big group to be at Hard Rock Stadium. And I know on on our outline here, Andrew, it says best guess at next commit. Do you want to take that swing? <laughs> I don't know. I, I just thought that was interesting thing to kind of talk about. Um, I could certainly see Jalen Harrell, like you said, but I, I think he'll he'll wait. One guy I don't want to put on commit watch just yet, um, but I think things are trending in the right direction is uh, Devontae Brown, the cornerback at American Heritage. He told me that he's going to be at the Louisville game this Saturday. Miami loves his length and speed. 
Um, he's a guy who's a, not a bit of a project, but he's he's a late bloomer. I think he fits the system best, or he, he fits Miami's defense very well, maybe more than some of the other cornerbacks on the board. So I'm getting pretty close to crystal balling him uh, to the Hurricanes. So not Justin Flo. <laughs> Dude, if it's Justin Flo, I mean, the site might, the server will crash, right? Those The two guys you named, honestly, were the two guys I, I put down. So, yeah, I think Devontae Brown makes a lot of sense. And has he... Has he received even more school interest, you know, within the last week? No, he hasn't. I think he's a guy once you assume that American Heritage probably makes uh, a playoff run. And then once these coaches get out on the road um, and they start coming to practices, I can see more offers kind of coming his way. All right. Anything else recruiting wise before we jump into some Louisville stuff? No, let's let's kind of 180 it and uh, and move let me, let me put you on the hot seat. All right, so we'll just kind of move along here. Uh, David, it is Louisville week. Um, I mean, right now, five and four. They're going to play a Louisville team coming off of a bye. My question for you, you, you've done a little bit more scouting than me. What do the Cardinals do well? Obviously, they're under the direction of first-year head coach Scott Satterfield. Um, what do Miami fans need to, know about, need to know about them? Yeah, so Louisville, Scott Satterfield is their head coach. He's an offensive guy. Um, and, and what he's kind of known for is a edge rush, kind of a, a zone rushing type attack. He was formerly at Appalachian State, and it seemed like every year, especially towards the end of his tenure there, every year Appalachian State would have running backs run for 1,000 yards. And it'd be new guys almost every year, and they would always produce. And that's kind of that's happening here in year one uh, with with Louisville, with Javion Hawkins on pace to crack a thousand yards this season. Um, so those stretch runs are a big key. And, and, you know, Miami played Appalachian State in 2016. So that was the Mark Richt first year, Manny Diaz first year at defensive coordinator. Um, and they did a good job that it's Appalachian State understood. But Miami did a good job of setting the edge and turning those running backs back inside toward the pursuit. So that's kind of key number one for stopping Louisville with what they do offensively. And then, you know, number two, honestly, is um, they have a athletic quarterback in Mikhail Cunningham, who is very fast. He can pick up yardage as a runner or he can extend plays and buy time. And Louisville has two dangerous receivers to throw to. Uh, in Tutu Atwell, and I forget the other guy's name, but Tutu is from Northwestern, Miami Northwestern High School. He was formerly, a, he was a quarterback at the high school level, and he will remind Miami fans of Roscoe Parrish from back in the day, because uh, he's five, he's listed on the roster at five foot nine, 153 pounds. He can accelerate in a hurry. He's probably going to be the fastest player on the field. I think he's averaging like 16 yards a catch right now. He's leading them in receiving yards as well. So he's a guy, and honestly, he's not a, they don't just use him in the quick passing game. Uh, They use him on deep shots and in the quick passing game. So he's a guy that Miami is definitely going to need to key in on. And it's going to be tough at times when their quarterback buys time because that mean that puts a lot of pressure on your secondary with having to cover a fast 
uh, kind of slippery type guy like Tutu Atwell. So, you know, kind of containing those explosive plays. Because, look, Louisville, honestly, their stats are very interesting. They're not the most uh, efficient, I guess I would say, passing attack, but they are explosive. I think in yards per completion this year, they are ranked like sixth in the country. And I think per completion, they're averaging 16 yards per completion. So when their quarterback hits the receiver, chances are it's it, it's got a shot at being a big play, and that's going to be something that Miami has to contain. So those are just kind of the quick overall thoughts on on Louisville. Their defense, I guess I could go into too. Defensively, it's not super impressive, to be honest. Uh, it's kind of like a mishmash-looking group. They're kind of just undersized guys, and they do play hard, uh, but they're pretty undersized. In my opinion, I think Miami has a chance to kind of lean on them and get a running game going, which would be good because we haven't really seen that the last few games. Um, and then on the back end, honestly, they're, they have their moments of being a mess. Like I, I think their safeties are often out of position and just generally not playing well this year. So again, like Miami's coming off a game where they had success in the deep passing game. I think if the offensive line blocks things up, those looks will be there this week against Louisville too. A lot to digest right there. That was, that was really good. Uh, the breakdown. <laughs> um, would you agree with this? Louisville in a way is kind of really similar to Florida state in terms of like tendencies and where they're at scheme wise. Is that like Louisville's offense is obviously more explosive than Florida state's, but I think Florida state would love to be just as explosive with them. I, I don't think, Louisville's offensive line is really that much better than Florida State's. Like, I think Miami's front seven should be able to um, get to the quarterback. The only issue is Malik Cunningham is probably a little more mobile than uh, Alex Hornybrook. But way it more. seems like, on, yeah, I mean, way more, obviously. But it seems on paper they're kind of very similar. And they, yeah. Right? That's interesting. That's interesting. Because, yeah, Louisville does have a good running back. They have actually two good receivers, whereas Florida State had one good receiver. Their quarterback situation kind of remind like he's better than what Georgia Tech has at quarterback, but he's similar in that way too. Um, Cunningham, who's Louisville's quarterback, is going to frustrate the Miami fans that that watch this game because he's just a guy that is going to make plays on his own. He's one of those guys where a defense, you know, executes does everything right and Cunningham still finds a way to make a play on his own um, and then when you consider like you're alluding to the fact that um, he has some talented skill guys to get the ball to that makes Louisville dangerous but yes their their offensive line is not good as a unit but I will say their left tackle is a dude he is a guy who he he's to me, he looks like a second-round NFL draft pick type guy. He might be a first-rounder. Um, he's just a massive dude. Um, his name is Mackay Becton, and he's six foot seven, three hundred and seventy pounds, and he moves very well for being that size. Um, so again, Louisville likes to run the ball to the edges. Chances are, in a critical short yardage situation, Louisville's going to be running behind him to the left. Um, so that's something Miami's just going to need to key in on. 
But yeah, I mean, honestly, I probably would compare them more to like Georgia Tech, but with slightly better personnel. Um, and look, I know Miami lost to Georgia Tech, but uh, I think that game was rather fluky. Looking back at it, uh, Georgia Tech took advantage of of some you know fake punts, uh, the deep shot touchdown, really bad tackling. They also got a defensive touchdown. So I think if Miami doesn't shoot themselves in the foot like they did against Georgia Tech, they should on paper be able to handle this Louisville team. Another guy who I think will drive Miami fans insane and, and crazy is Tutu Atwell. I mean, he's a yeah. former, uh, from what my understanding, I mean, I don't really go into the youth youth football ranks, but he was a, a youth football star. He was the, the former quarterback at, at Miami Northwestern. I mean, Larry Bluestein once told me he thought pound for pound he was the best kid in the state. And I, as yeah. the more I watched him, the more I kind of agree with that. I mean, he just is pretty special with the ball in his hands. So, um, He's a guy who's I mean, he's probably going to make plays, and it's going to be frustrating for people at the game or watching on the broadcast that they're going to know it's a guy from South Florida. Same thing with Javion Hawkins. He's from Cocoa Beach. It's, it's going to be real easy for whoever's broadcasting this team to be like, well, this is a guy who got away from the big three uh, when they make a play. Both those guys, they are undersized guys, but they are very fast, and they both accelerate really well. Um, so Miami's going to have to make sure they take really good pursuit angles uh, when those guys have the ball in their hands and got to get those guys on the ground. So like a Romeo Finley, this is going to be a big game for him. Uh, but yeah, man, I agree. And, you know, Miami fans are also going to get frustrated because they'll see like Tutu Atwell is a stud and Miami fans are going to wonder like, why didn't Miami make a run at him? And I understand like he doesn't have the ideal size and that Miami would want in a receiver. But he's one of those local South Florida guys that just, when he gets the ball in his hands, magic happens. Like, you saw him at the high school level, right, Andrew? Yeah, and he was yeah. pretty dynamic, right? Yeah, I do. I I mean, I get it. Like I said, the, the size thing, it makes sense. It's just, I don't know. Uh, let me ask you this. Bubba Bolden, you know, Manny Diaz announced on Monday during his press conference that, unfortunately, he'll be out for the rest of the season that's a pretty big loss for the secondary, right? I think he was yeah. coming on and starting to play very well for the Hurricanes. He was. He was kind of, you could see the trajectory where, you know, by the end of the season, he was going to be a borderline star for the defense. Uh, you know, just an unfortunate, freaky thing. Hopefully Bubba can, can rehab, get back to exactly where he was um, pre-injury. And, you know, hope for the best. Um you know, I know, obviously, it's easy to give uh, Gervin Hall plenty of shtick for, you know, injuring your teammate on a celebration, but it's it's really just an unfortunate thing, and I'm sure Gervin feels terrible about it. Um, the, thing, the thing, honestly, moving forward, I'm watching for with this Bubba Bolden injury is, you know, look, those safety positions, uh, they have to be careful as is with targeting calls, but now, like, Obviously, Amari Carter has kind of a history of it, um, but just in general... Irvin Hall almost got ejected against Florida State. <laughs> right, yeah, they, they kind of took it away. But yeah, I mean, just Miami's at a depth standpoint now where it's kind of like, man, they really can't afford one of these three 
you know, Gervin Hall, Amari Carter, Robert Knowles to get a targeting call in a game. It seems like they want to play Keontra Smith, though. I know Blake Baker, the defensive coordinator, mentioned him, I think, on Monday during his press conference. We'll see. Um, you believe yeah. it? Well, they said they were going to play Sam Brooks, and then Sam Brooks didn't travel to Florida State. So I, I don't know. I do know that Keontra has played four games. So um, if he plays one more, he burns that red shirt. So we'll see what happens there. I think if if they do get an emergency situation, my guess would be, honestly, they would roll Finley back there. Because we, we saw that in the spring. We've seen him, and we I, saw it I in thought, fall camp too, right? I, there's so. been times this season when Finley is lined up at safety. They do some things where, yeah, they, they try and confuse quarterbacks um, with those looks. And so I think they would put Finley back there and then just elevate Gilbert Frierson to striker. Circling back to the Louisville game, in your opinion, what does Miami need to do this Saturday um, to come out of there with a win, to make it three in a row? Honestly, like, I mean, this is kind of a boring answer, but like going back to how Miami lost to Georgia Tech. I just think this is a game where if Miami limits, uh, you know, shooting itself in the foot, self-inflicted wounds, and the explosive plays, they're going to win this game. Like, Louisville has definitely played better than anyone expected this season. They are a team that is good enough to, to pop Miami if Miami doesn't show up to play. But I think in general, what we've seen the last two weeks is this team starting to play much more crisp? And I think if they continue to be somewhat sharp, you know, for, for this team, what sharp is, I think they will be able to handle Louisville. So my thing is like, look, don't let the turnovers happen. Don't let Louisville generate explosive plays, which is something they do. Like, that's not out of character for them. But if the defense keeps everything in front of them, I just think Louisville's going to have a tough time putting together sustained drives against this Miami defense. Agreed. Miami's defense over the past, what is it, 16 quarters, if you take away that overtime against Georgia Tech, has only given up two touchdowns. Um, one was that long pass uh, by the Yellow Jackets. The other one was the Cam Akers run. I mean, they're 18th in scoring D right now. Uh, I brought this stat up on the other podcast. You know, Miami's... Uh, if you look at football outsiders busted drive rate, so that's amount of drives that are have result in negative yards or a turnover. Miami currently ranks 18th um, in that category, and that's from football outsiders. So this defense is is playing kind of like the defense we've seen in recent years, and they've had success kind of limiting these spread attacks. I think Romeo Finley, like you said, it'll be a big game for him. Seems like we say that every week, um, but it, it really it really will. Uh, last week we did some game player props for the podcast and like, I think you hit on all of them. <laughs> it was like Camden price over under one and a half field goals. He hit two. Um, what were the other ones that you nailed? Greg Russo over one and a half sacks. He had four Jaron Williams touchdowns. Yeah. That was over one and a half or what was that? He was two. Let's do it again. What you all got right, so for me this week? So DJ Dallas over under. 95 total yards of offense so that includes rushing and receiving and i know you already mentioned that you think miami should have some success running the ball yeah man i think i would take the over on this 
I know Miami's run offense has not been impressive. I mean, I don't know off the top of my head really since what Central Michigan. Um, but I would definitely I w- I will take the over. Just honestly, if you said 95 rushing yards, I would probably take the over because I think this is a game where where DJ can maybe crack 100. Um, Louisville's personnel to me is just small. Again, they do play hard, um, but they're just small. And I think they've been susceptible this year to runs just straight up the middle. So I think Miami has a chance to get some interior run game going. So I'm taking the over. Jaron Williams over under 275 yards passing this past week. He had over 300 yards uh, against Florida State. Does the deep ball come back? So I'm going to take the under, not not because I don't think Miami can have that type of performance passing the ball. I just don't think they will need to for the exact reason I just touched on. I think Miami is going to be able to run the ball this week. And so I don't know if they'll necessarily have to toss it around as much i think they'll be close to this because like i said earlier louisville's pass defense is just not very good um i just don't know if they will if miami's gonna have to dial up all those deep shots to win the game like they did against florida state i love this next one that i came up with will mallory over under one and a half catches while I, was putting this, while I was putting this prop together, isn't it insane to think that Will Mallory only has eight career catches? And I know he was injured at times last year, but I, I was yeah. mind blown by that. Right. So I will take, I'm going to take the over just for the chance that Brevin doesn't play, right? So you think, not, you think Brevin's going to play? No, I don't think he's going to play. Oh. So... I mean, I, I'm not reporting this. I'm just saying, you know, the fact that Manny Diaz says game time decision. I mean, didn't we see that with DJ Dallas and DJ Dallas didn't play? Um, so I would think Brevin is not going to play this week. Um, and so I think that means more time for Will Mallory. And I think he'll get more than one and a half. So two catches at least this week. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess we should point out that Manny Diaz did say on Wednesday that Brevin Jordan's going to be a game-time decision. No one really knows what his injury is, but there's photos that surfaced of him on social media on crutches after that Florida State game. So um, it's believed to be something on, on the lower lower half. I, I don't think Miami's going to need him, but maybe no, they do. I don't think so. I mean, it, it always stinks to have a guy who's that talented not on the field, but... Not having Brevin Jordan should not determine the outcome of this game. And if I recall, Michael Irvin did get some some run there against Florida State. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Michael Irvin's fairly, you know, he's definitely good enough. He's definitely capable to fill in. Um. Okay, last one I got for you. Miami over under 25% conversion rate on third down. Something to keep in mind here. Hurricanes currently ranked dead last in the FBS, converting just 26.6% of third downs. If that number holds, I, I looked this up, it would be the worst mark for a Power 5 school in a, in a single season since Washington State converted 23.8% of their third downs back in 2009. Cougars went 1-11 that season. So Miami is not only bad on third downs, they're like historically bad. <laughs> it's like unreal, right? Yeah, and it's crazy that they have 
a winning record considering what Washington State did, right, that year? Yeah. So sticking with my theme of I think Miami's going to be able to run the ball, I'll take the over that Miami will be able to convert 25% of their third downs against Louisville. I hope so, man, because it's going to be a long game if they can't. Right. No, yeah, if they can't, then yeah, definitely, obviously, Louisville's going to be in this thing. Okay, with that being said, give me a prediction. What do you what do you expecting this weekend do you have a score prediction i know you're gonna write something here yeah uh where 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 you see this thing playing out so right now i'm thinking miami 28 louisville 17 okay potential player of the game for miami on both sides of the ball i guess i'll go i'll go dj dallas on offense and on defense uh I mean, isn't the easy answer just Greg Rousseau? So I'll go him. Yeah. <laughs> He's freaky. Freaky, freaky. Um, what do so you got? I, have the, I, I, got, I got Miami 27, um, Louisville 16. I think Louisville should be able to find some points, but I'm still kind of – I'm believing in this defense being able to, to – to, to, control the game just like they did last week. I mean, I think you were the one that said it. Is the best unit in this game going to be able to take over the game? And, and last week, Miami's defense was, and I think this will be another opportunity for them to kind of flex their muscle. Um, still hard to project this offense to score more than 30 until they do it uh, actually right. in a game. So right. I think it'll be another, I don't want to say could close happen, one. Though. It could happen this week. We'll see. Yeah, They need to show us, but it could happen. I mean, I just... I'm also riding with my, my theory that most of these games are going to be pretty close for yeah. the rest of the season. Did you see that Louisville kicker news pop up? No, I, I did not. Is that so right I now? Guess, I guess their best kicker is done for the year due to an ACL injury. So they'll be going to their backup kickers. Which, you know, as we now know, this season, college kickers, you never know what you're going to get. So that, you know... In a game that might be close, that's kind of a blow to Louisville, right? Yeah, I mean, if Miami had a solid kicking game, and <laughs> well, sure, the kicking game might be even now. I guess. I mean, are you are you still like all in on Camden Price? I mean, I know it was big I mean, that he went compared to what they got. I guess, yeah. Why not? You know, I don't know. M- Manny Diaz brings up too how it was big that Camden made a kick after he missed it because he 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 said he doesn't think that had happened all year and he might be right on that so just that i mean i mean it's a low bar man so so yeah i guess moving forward i'm definitely all in on camden price so he he's saying that no kicker has missed a field goal and then made the next one like has bubba missed one and then come back and made one in a game this year Oh, I don't think so. Or Turner, Turner Davidson. Yeah. He didn't, right? No. Turner missed. Yeah. So, I mean, think about that. That's just insane. It, it, it's a weird year. Like that, you you mentioned it, that Georgia Tech game, we're going to look back and just be like, how did this? Yeah. Did this that one's going to stick out, man. Like if Miami goes on a run here and goes eight and four in the regular season, it's just going to be like, man, how do they not go nine and three and beat Georgia Tech? But anyways. And, 
Don't get me just going hit, on Georgia Tech, Ivans. Don't do just it. Hit, just hit a short extra point. Um, all right, guys, I think that will do it for uh, this week's edition of the podcast. Um, Miami and Louisville obviously play on Saturday. We're going to have full coverage from Hard Rock Stadium. Again, it will be a huge recruiting weekend. So if you're not signed up for the site, VIP access, it's even more in-depth recruiting coverage. Um, we mentioned it in the past, I think last week, uh, 24-7 Sports is now offering uh, a, a free plan to CBS All Access, which allows you to stream over 10,000 of your favorite episodes, um, watch live TV, including uh, Sunday or SEC Game of the Week um, and the NFL on CBS. So uh, if you guys are on the fence, now is the perfect time to try us out um, and really get wall-to-wall coverage of the Miami Hurricanes. Yeah, and stay tuned uh, this weekend. Andrew will be all over the Justin Flo visit and, you know, potential commitment, right? Right, Andrew? <laughs> I mean, yeah, right? No, just kidding. But, yes, stay locked in. Recruiting season's right around the corner. Obviously, coaching carousel time is here. And a lot, you know, with Florida State, with that going on, this recruiting stuff is getting crazy. So check yeah. us out. Get addicted to this recruiting stuff. Have fun with it. And, you know, hopefully uh, things go well against Louisville this week. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Take care.